This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified veterinary emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be focusing on cats and when you need to bring your cat to the emergency veterinarian or potentially to urgent care. We'll be right back after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. back to ER Vet on Pet Lake Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about when you need to get your cat to the vet, especially in the ER setting. Now, most of you guys out there, how often do you take your cat to the vet? Well, to be quite honest, you should be taking your cat more frequently. Cats, thankfully, respond to vaccines pretty well. So if you adopted your cat as a little young kitten and they've had their full kitten series, most of the time they're protected. I'm a huge, huge advocate that cats still go in for an annual examination. And that's because there's a lot of things that I can find on a physical examination. And we always want to pick up medical problems sooner than later. Now, if you've listened to my episodes of ER Vet before, you know I'm a huge advocate of preventative medicine. When we can prevent disease, it's actually going to spare your cat and your wallet or your dog more money, more pain, and more extensive testing. So the more we can pick up clinical signs or problems earlier, the easier it is to treat. So when do you need to go to the vet? As your cat ages and becomes middle-aged, I always actually recommend, once your cat turns around 10, I actually recommend going to the vet twice a year. I personally bring in my cat when they're about eight to nine years of age annually for blood work. And that's because I always want to check to make sure my cat's kidney function, liver function, protein, salt balance, sugar balance, white and red blood cells are normal. Remember, as cats become middle-aged, again, that's typically around 10 years of age, they start to have more medical problems. And some of these medical problems include some of the top three to five diseases we see in cats. That includes things like cancer, chronic kidney failure, hyperthyroidism, where they have an overactive thyroid, or even diabetes mellitus, where your cat may be urinating more or drinking too much water. The sooner we can pick up a lot of these medical problems, the easier it is to treat. So when in doubt, as your cat 
or cats approach middle age, please make sure to do an annual examination, especially for blood work. Now, as your cat becomes older and older, they don't need that vaccination quite as much, especially if they're indoors. But what I want you to do instead, instead of spending that money on vaccines, if your cat's over 10, I actually recommend spending that money on blood work. Now, that's my own professional opinion. I'm a huge advocate of doing blood work earlier than later. Now, I will say there are a couple of exceptions to the rules. If your cat is indoor-outdoor, if you're fostering a bunch of kittens and cats are coming in and out of your household, you still want to make sure your cat is up to date on vaccination. I once had a colleague who had a 19-year-old cat that lived in a huge high rise in New York City, and this cat never went outside. However, she once called me for medical advice because her 19-year-old cat became really, really sick to the point where that cat had to be hospitalized because it developed panleukopenia. Panleukopenia is super, super rare. It's like you getting cholera nowadays. Unfortunately, this cat ended up getting sick because the owner was actually fostering kittens. And unfortunately, the kittens had spread panleukopenia to this 19-year-old cat who, again, hadn't been outside of the apartment in 19 years. So unfortunately, that cat wasn't protected. So when in doubt, work with your veterinarian on this. This is really important. Now, this is a little bit different in when you go to the veterinary ER. When you go to the veterinary ER, we're talking middle of the night. So how do you know when to go? Is it when your cat vomits a couple of times? Well, that happens once in a while. But if your cat is nonstop vomiting, they're hiding, they're listless, you can't find them. These are all signs that you should be concerned enough to wake up in the middle of the night and bring your cat to your veterinarian. Now, there are some situations where you can wait until the morning to go to your general practitioner, but when in doubt, if you're worried that it's severe, you want to get to a veterinary ER. So my simple rule, if your cat's hiding, seek immediate veterinary attention. Seriously, cats don't hide unless something serious is going on. I always have to tell pet owners when they bring in their cats into the ER, if I diagnose their cat with something severe, something like cancer, I've had so many cat owners say, oh, did I miss the signs or should I brought them in sooner? Remember, cats hide their signs until they're really severe. So I don't want you to feel badly. Remember in the wild, a big lion doesn't want to show their clinical signs because then other lions are going to fight for domination, right? So most cats don't want to show signs until it's really severe. So as soon as you see that hiding, remember, hiding's bad. Cats hide their clinical signs of disease until it's really severe. And by the time you notice that they're hiding, unfortunately, the problem is usually really advanced and potentially end stage. So when should you bring your cat to the ER? Well, when in doubt, this list is not all inclusive. There's a huge, huge list. But here's some general guidelines that I want you to be aware of. And please know, when in doubt, you can always call that veterinary ER and get a triage, which is when you talk to them and say, you know, I'm not sure if my cat should come in. This is what signs my cats are showing. And they usually have to uh, be on the side of caution. So they're usually uh, more aggressive about having you come in because they can't physically examine your cat. Okay. So when in doubt, the safest thing is to go into the vet. All right. So what are some of these signs? Well, first of all, difficulty breathing. Remember, you should never see your cat's mouth when they're breathing. If you notice that your cat is opening their mouth to breathe or they're panting or their respiratory rate is greater than 50 breaths per minute, something is abnormal. 
By the way, a little hint. If you're not sure how to count how many breaths your cat takes, you can just count the number of breaths in 15 seconds and multiply it by four. Now, keep in mind, a normal sleeping cat resting at home without any stress, their normal respiratory rate should be about 16 to 20 breaths per minute. Okay, so we're talking like one to two breaths over a 15 second window. If you notice your cat is breathing much harder, we're talking like eight to 10 breaths in a 15 second window, you need to get to a vet because something's going on where your cat is breathing too hard. I already mentioned hiding. If your cat is hiding in the closet or hiding under the bed or lying in a really, really weird spot, please get to the veterinary ER. If your cat's not moving or if they're screaming or crying out in pain, sometimes we can see that with something called a feline aortic thromboembolism or what we abbreviate a FATE, and that is deadly. So again, not moving or acting paralyzed. With any kind of trauma, maybe your cat got it outside by accident, or they're an indoor-outdoor cat, they were hit by a car, if they were attacked by a dog, you always want to go in. Even if it looks like a tiny, tiny little wound, unfortunately, bite wounds can be what I call tip of the iceberg. You may just see a tiny little puncture wound when it, there could actually be a lot of trauma underneath that tissue. So any kind of trauma, I always want them to go into the ER any type of poisoning. Now, you guys have heard me talk on ER vet before. When it comes to poisonings, the sooner we diagnose it, the sooner we recognize it and treat it, the better the prognosis and the less expensive for your wallet. And that's because we're able to decontaminate. In other words, we may be able to get your cat to vomit. So they vomit up the poison before your cat has to be hospitalized for two to three days for IV fluids and treatment. So any kind of poisoning, we always want to see the ER right away. Any string hanging out of any orifice. Yep, you heard me right. Cats like to chew on dental floss, on sewing string, on tinsel. These can be deadly because that long stringing material often is what we call a linear foreign body. Please don't just try to pull it out because when you pull it, sometimes it actually causes more damage. If your cat swallows a really long piece of like dental floss or tinsel, sometimes it gets wrapped around the base of the tongue or it gets caught in the exiting part of the stomach, okay? That's called the pylorus. And when that happens, it can actually saw through the stomach or saw through the intestines if one part of that thread or that stringing material is anchored at one point while the intestines and stomach contract. So when in doubt, please leave all orifices and string hanging out. To veterinary professionals. If there's no urine in your cat's litter box for over 36 hours, or they're making multiple trips to the litter box, or they're excessively grooming back there, maybe you've noticed some abnormal swelling on the rear end, that can be really, really dangerous. That may be a feline urethral obstruction, which we've talked about before on a previous episode of ER Vet, so make sure to check out that episode. If you notice that your cat is painful when being picked up or your cat is continuously vomiting, I'm talking more than six, seven, eight times in a row. If your cat is drooling excessively, any kind of seizuring or twitching. Again, if you're noticing um, any kind of abnormal behavior, you want to get to a vet. One that seems a little bit abnormal is if your cat's sitting over the water bowl and not moving. I sometimes will see a cat sitting over the bowl, their chin is actually wet. And to me, that's oftentimes classic diabetes or even kidney failure, where that water balance is so important and your cat may feel dehydrated 
despite wanting to drink more. So again, this list isn't complete, but it's a really good guideline. So again, difficulty breathing, hiding, any kind of trauma or poisoning, anything weird like string hanging out of orifices, any kind of pain or open mouth breathing, any kind of excessive grooming or weird kitty litter habits, any kind of ocular problems, when in doubt, please call for life-saving advice. We'll continue with our really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We've been talking about when to bring your cat into the ER. And we've talked about all the potential dangers, things like trauma or poisoning, difficulty breathing, hiding, urinary problems, pain, not being able to walk, ocular problems, neurologic problems like seizuring or twitching. What I'm talking about isn't an all-inclusive list, but it's a a good general guideline for when you have to wake up and actually drive your cat to the ER. I get it. It's a pain. It's expensive. But when in doubt, it could save your cat's life. Now, I did want to talk about the costs in the ER. Emergency veterinary clinics are a lot more expensive because they have to staff 24 hours a day versus 8 to 10 hours a day. So they also need some advanced diagnostics and different types of tools or diagnostics or even medications compared to a general practitioner. For example, blood transfusions. Blood transfusions are super expensive, and that's because we had to examine a cat, do extensive blood work on that cat, sedate that cat to get blood and give that blood product to another cat. So it's it's actually a lot of work. And unfortunately, most of those blood transfusions only last for less than 30 days. So keep in mind, we have to have those life-saving supplies in a veterinary ER. Now, I obviously want you to be a financially savvy pet owner. And there's a couple of things you can do before you go to an expensive emergency room visit. First of all, I've always hinted, whenever you think something's wrong, you always want to call your veterinarian for an appointment, even if they're booked way in advance. Say your cat's been vomiting for two to three days, you always want to call on the first day because it's going to take you several days to get an open appointment. If for some reason your cat's not any better two days later, make sure to cancel that appointment in advance. I always like to do it at least 12 to 24 hours in advance. But again, you always 
want to call sooner than later to book that appointment. It's always better going to your family veterinarian first versus waiting to go to the ER. And that's because you have a long-term relationship with your veterinarian. They've seen your cat before, they've seen you before, and things are gonna be a little bit less expensive at your family practitioner versus in the emergency room. Now, I will also say, if you've ever been to the pet ER, you know we are super busy on Sundays. Why is that? Because most of the time, you didn't think your cat was that bad on Friday, but by Saturday, your cat's worse. By Sunday, your cat is so bad, you can't wait to go on Monday because it's gonna be too late, right? So unfortunately, Sunday is a really busy day in the veterinary ER because that's when your pet may be much, much worse. When in doubt, you always wanna call your veterinarian or an emergency veterinary clinic for advice on whether or not to bring your pet into the emergency visit. When in doubt, you can always go to the ER and ask to be triaged. Now, triage, the word triage, actually dates back to the old Napoleon times, and it actually stands for sorting of the masses, right? They wanted to know who's gonna survive versus who is not gonna survive. So oftentimes, Patients in the ER are triaged based on severity. Now, trust me, I've been to ERs before. I've been to human ERs and veterinary ERs, and I've had to wait. Now, keep in mind that cases are seen in order of severity. You don't want to be the first one to be seen because unfortunately, that typically means your cat or your dog or your human has a really significant life-threatening emergency. If you're waiting for hours and hours, it means your pet is more stable. So just be aware and please have some patience with that. But you can always ask to be triaged. And that oftentimes will allow an emergency veterinarian to do a really preliminary assessment to see if your cat is stable. If they don't think your cat is stable, they're going to make you stay or recommend that you stay. If they think your cat is stable, then they may triage you away to your family practitioner the next day. I often recommend this, especially if you've ever had a feline urethral obstruction cat where your cat can't urinate and you're not sure after they've been hospitalized with a urinary catheter if they're okay to go home or if they stop urinating. So oftentimes, if you're not sure if your cat is blocked, you can always be triaged. Now, not all clinics do that, but I uh, love offering this because it oftentimes will give some pet owners the reassurance while letting me do a quick assessment of that pet. When in doubt, it's always safer to heed the side of caution. You don't want to regret it when it comes to playing with the health of your fuzzy feline. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.